This is a great passage to preach on. There's so much in here, and uh, usually the focus is on Saul, who became Paul, because, you know, he is the hero, he wrote most of the New Testament, he's a key person in how we think as a church today, because he's helped to shape who Jesus is, uh, what Jesus has done, and he gives us this really clear instruction that we should live differently and leaves our, lie, our lives of sin and the flesh behind to follow Jesus. But that's not what I want to talk about. Instead, to help us get there, um, I want us to watch this little video together and uh, hopefully... This will make sense, perfect, clear sense of exactly what I want to talk about this evening. So, great. What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep chatting for a bit about something else. And uh, if we get the video back, fine. If if we don't, at any point, if it becomes ready to play, um, then let me know. Um, So today... I am going to focus not on Saul and Paul, but on Ananias. And I will, I will save just a little bit of that in case we manage to get the dancing guy back. Um, um, Ananias was obedient to the prompt of the Lord. There he is. He's... In Damascus, this guy is coming to round up the Christians, the followers of the way, uh, the disciples of Jesus. Two key ideas that I want you to hang on to, not for tonight, but for the rest of this year and maybe a bit more, um, because we're going to be coming back to those, the way and being disciples. So here is Ananias, and he is being faithful, being steadfast as a follower, both as a Jewish man, but also then as a convert, someone who's made a decision to follow Jesus. And understandably, when God comes and interrupts him, when Jesus says, hang on, I've got some business for you to do, I want you to go and talk to Saul, quite rightly, Ananias is a little bit kind of not quite so sure about this. Are you sure you know who you're talking about, Lord? I mean, I think it's always good to clarify that. But God comes back with an absolutely killer argument, which is Saul has had a dream, and in the dream, you are coming to restore his sight. So it's like, oh... So it's not even like you get the Moses excuse of, uh, can't you send someone else? Um, no, it's got to be you. And, um, any joy? No. It might get there. Okay, great. Um, couple of things about Ananias. Firstly, is he is willing to move. He is willing to go from where he is to the place where God has told him to go. And because of that, because of that, he sees something amazing. He sees God move and break in to someone's life. But notice the way that he addresses him. Brother Saul. He goes to his house in verse 17 and he says, Brother Saul, something 
has changed in Ananias' heart. Something has changed so that he sees him, not as he saw him before, but he sees him as Jesus sees him. He sees him as a brother, as a friend. And in that place, he prays for him. And what's he pray? He lays his hand on him, and he prays that he might receive the Holy Spirit. And then something like scales falls off. I love that. Something like scales falls off his eyes. And suddenly, Saul, who becomes Paul, can see again. You know, some of us want something that is instant. You know, we want a Saul encounter. We want our lives to be turned around in a way that Saul's was. And we want the Ananias encounter of being able to go in and pray for someone and they're healed on the spot and we see it because like something physical, tangible has happened right in front of us. But it's not always like that. You know, the stories that I hear from, from some of you are, are that you've been praying for the same sets of people again and again, year in, year out. And you've been faithful in it, but you've not yet seen the breakthrough. How, how can we keep on going when it's like that rather than this kind of dramatic thing? I want to give you just one little nugget of something that you can do because part of the problem with praying like that over the long haul is that we get exhausted, we get tired with what to pray. We get worn down. A number of years ago I was um, praying for someone and it doesn't matter who it was and I I was like, Lord, how, how can I pray for them? What is it, what is it that you want me to be praying for this person? And I, I just felt him say really clearly, pray for peace. And for about five years, all I prayed for that person was peace. Just the peace of God to rest upon them, to guard their heart and mind. And it was great. Because it freed me from all of the burden of having to think about what to pray for them. It freed me from all of that hassle of going, oh, but I've not seen breakthrough yet, because I was just kept on praying until it had been done. So, if you're praying for someone, whether it's a, a husband or a wife, or a neighbor that hasn't yet come to faith, or that you can't even have a faith conversation with, or the person that you sit opposite at work who is, quite frankly, rude and obnoxious, and they go to church. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever it might be, if you're praying for them for the long haul, Ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that you want me to pray for this person? Do we think we might be ready to go? Let's play and let's have some sound. Do you like that? Isn't that good? It would work really well at the beginning of the talk as well. Um, The hero of this passage is not really Saul. You see, I think the hero of the passage is Ananias. Because he's the one that had the guts 
to hear the voice of God and do something about it. He was the one that turned the situation around. Yes, Saul got, Paul got all the glory. He got all the credit. But actually, it was Ananias, the one who made a difference. Ananias was the one who heard voice, who heard the voice of God and was willing to go. The thing is, we don't hear much about the rest of Ananias' story. He's not the Ananias at the beginning of Acts, by the way. He got kind of, you know, well, died. And he's not one of the other ones. He only gets one other reference. And it's when Paul uh, gives him credit in Acts 22. And what Paul says is this. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected among all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that moment I was able to see. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and see the righteous one and hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. That's the only other mention he gets. He was the one who was in the shadows, but he was the one who changed everything. Yes, Paul was the one that was stopped on the road. Paul was the one that met Jesus. Paul was the one who had new direction. But actually, it was Ananias' faithfulness, Ananias' steadfastness that made all the difference. You know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier on, just we always have a little bit of a kind of pray before the service. It, by the way, if you want to, if you want to come to something great, then come to that. Um, you know, it's a great little prayer meeting to come to any one pre-service. They're always quite fun. And there's loads of other opportunities to pray. And we're encouraging you to do a kind of pray for your street thing as well. Uh, use the map at the back, uh, or do it online, or get involved in one of the Kingdom Come prayer things, or come on a Tuesday night here. In the kind of pre-prayer meeting, there was this kind of, we're talking about God doing stuff and breaking in. And I don't know about you, but, but I long to see that spontaneous outbreak, expansion of the kingdom of God. I long to see more of those suddenly moments when hundreds of thousands of people get it. I long to see this country turned around and back on its knees, not because the economy's bust, because they're, but because they're worshipping the King of Kings. But you know, if we want to see more suddenlies, what we have to realise is that suddenlies are surrounded by steadfastness. Suddenlies are surrounded by steadfastness. 
And actually, if you look back at the life of Saul before he becomes Paul, what you see is someone who's steadfast. He's steadfast, he's just got on the wrong track, and then Jesus grabs a hold of him, and a suddenly happens. Ananias is steadfast. He's plodding along, being faithful. And then suddenly, suddenly he hears hears Jesus call his name. Ananias, I've got a job for you to do. Really? That job? Do you know about this man? Yeah, I know about this man and I've told him about you. Okay, I better go. One of the things that I love most about this passage is the turnaround that happened in Ananias to seeing Saul as a friend, as a brother, to seeing him rather than as seeing him as the Christian killer, the person who was trying to tear apart the way, as seeing him as a brother, as a friend who was rammed full with God potential. Who just needed that last little nudge. You know, to see people like that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that they come and they go through with all their baggage. It doesn't mean that we're not real with them. It doesn't mean that we're not honest and straightforward about the cost of what it means to follow Jesus. But it means we see them as children, of, as men and women made in the image of God. You know, I long to see more suddenlies in this place. And it, and it might, be that, might be that we have some soon. I hope, I hope we do. You know, this morning there were at least three walk-ins who just happened to come. You know, when, when God starts doing that, when God starts going, hey, do you know, this would be a great place, to all saints would be a great place to send some people that are seeking me out. I, I kind of get excited then. <laughs> but you know, he's got stuff for you to do too. He's got stuff for you to be doing where you are. And I think there is a little key that can be really helpful. And, and, and this, is, this is the bit that I if, I, if I communicate nothing else to you this evening, this is the bit that I hope that you'll get. And it's not, it's not that, as you hear this title of praying for your friends, it's not that I, I want you to be like this person who I knew called Ken. And one day I made it finally onto his prayer list. And boy, it was a long list. You know, this is a colossal, was a colossal man of faith. He used to have a different list for each day. And I think I made it onto his Tuesday list or something. Some of you can do that and it's great. But that's not what I'm asking you to do. You know, some of you, some of you will be amazing orators and you'll be able to persuade people into the kingdom of God with amazing words. 
You'll be able to talk people in and talk people around. You'll be able to explain to them the wonder of evolution and time and how evolution doesn't work because there's not enough time. So somehow, whether you believe in evolution or not, God must have been involved because the universe is simply not old enough for it to happen. I've got some great books on that if you want to read them, by the way. They're real interesting. We could, you know, some of you can do that stuff. Some of you can deliver the alpha talks and, and that key one for me is the beginning one where you, where you talk about the amount of evidence that there is for the New Testament scriptures. And you compare them with other historical texts. And when I do that one, what I love to do is, is get out the eight bits of paper that represent, um, Caesar's Gallic Wars. And then you get out uh, like boxes of Xerox paper. And you say, and this is the evidence for the New Testament. This is good evidence. This is amazing evidence. Why don't you believe? Some of you can do that. That's not what I'm interested in tonight. What I, what I want you to get hold of is this. Is that if you're to hear his voice, then a conversation already needs to be going on between you and your Heavenly Father. That's it. No pressure about sharing faith with all of your street and having them all come home before Christmas. Although that would be amazing. No pressure about, you know, telling the person who you sit opposite that continually looking at porn on the work computer, A, is not sensible for their working career, but is also going to mess up their sex life and also that they might want to know about Jesus. Actually, I did quite a lot when I was in a kind of working environment of that kind of stuff. Makes for some interesting conversations. I, 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 wanna, I want you to do it. I want you to do one simple thing, which is to be utterly boring and steadfast so that there is a conversation going on between you and your Heavenly Father all day, every day. That's it. And it's not even got to be about sharing faith. It's just, it's Tuesday. Yes, Mark, I know it's Tuesday. That's good, isn't it? Have you seen the weather, Lord? Not on the app. Have you seen the weather? You met the sunshine. That's good. Father, thank you that that even though I mess up, you you just keep being gracious for me. You know, have you got that kind of conversation going on? The thing that Jesus says about the sheep that's us, me included. Just another follower. Is that they recognize his voice. They 
recognize his voice. That the king of the entire universe, the one through whom everything was made, without him nothing has been made that was made, wants to spend time with you. And when you live like that, when you live like that, you're ready to be interrupted at a moment's notice. When you live like that, you're, you're ready, as someone in the pre-meeting was, was talking about, to go, really, talking to the person next to me on the tube? Are you sure? Because there's a conversation going on already. You know, this doesn't have an age restriction. Doesn't have an age restriction. Okay? Doesn't have an experience restriction. You can have been following Jesus for two minutes. And he could be speaking to you. In fact, one of the things that we discovered when I was at St. Mag's was that quite often people start to follow Jesus before they've made a decision to follow Jesus. They start becoming attentive to his voice to do what he started to ask them to do. And they've got into a conversation before they've made a decision. So actually sometimes this is for people who haven't yet decided to follow him. Little aside, if this is how you live, kind of walking in step with him, following in his way, then some amazing things will happen. If you're steadfast in this, in the boring, everyday, mundane joy and wonder of following Jesus, there will be some suddenlies. In Genesis chapter 12, God calls out Abraham and he says that he's to be blessed so that he will be a blessing. You will be a blessing to the people around you. You know, that the, I don't know that the house prices will go up around you. They might, who knows. But you'll be a blessing to the people around you. If you, if you don't really believe me, then go back and read 2 Samuel chapter 6, uh, verse 11. It's only a couple of verses. It's the story of Obed-Edom and the ark being dumped at his house because it was all too scary. And what happens? God's in the house. And the house gets blessed. You know, if you're living on your street, which I guess you are, then you are the most revolutionary good news thing that has ever happened to that street. Just by getting, just by being there. Even if, you know, even, folks, even if you're a Christian following Jesus and you are bound in a chair and you can't get out of the chair because you've got horrendous, debilitating Emmy and you don't even have the energy to move, you are the life-changing power in that street because you're full of Jesus. If you get out of the house ever and walk down the street, you are the life changer in that street because you're there and you are filled with the Holy Spirit and it's good news for the people around you. 
four little things to finish with. The first is, um, have we got some prayer team on tonight? Has that rota happened? Fantastic. Um, Jackie and Peter and anybody else would love to pray. I, I, I'd just love them to pray for you for four particular things, If you, aside from anything else that you've heard this evening. One is, if you, if you want to hear his voice more, would it, Jackie and Peter, would it be okay if you prayed for people if they wanted to hear God's voice more? Good plan. If you want to see people as Jesus sees them, these guys would love to pray for you. If you want to start being clear about the gospel, then these guys would love to pray for you. If you just want to keep on going and being steadfast, these guys would love to pray for you. If you just want to walk in step with him a little bit more, these guys would love to pray with, pray for you. So I've, I've not really talked about kind of praying for your friends. I kind of got a bit distracted. I hope you don't mind. But I kind of figured that if we could do this bit, then the praying for our friends bit would kind of overflow. <laughs> you know? And when we might know what to say when the neighbor knocks on the door and wants a cup of sugar. People still do that sometimes, you know? Not very often, but maybe, maybe just, maybe run out of sugar just so you've got the opportunity to go next door and say, have you got any sugar? <laughs> I live too close to Tesco's for that to happen, but anyway. Um, should we, should we um, have the band up? And I'd just, I'd love to pray and um, uh, be great. Peter and Jackie, do you want to come up, come up here now? Um, and you can respond where you are, but we, you know, sometimes we need to respond by going, yep, that's, you know, God's probably been doing something completely different in you. You can come up for that too, okay? Come on, let's stand. I'm going to pray. And uh, sometimes it's just helpful to kind of go, yeah, actually I need a bit more of this. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up here and have someone pray for me. Because, I, Lord, I just want to step into this. So, Lord, with all of that other, all of that other stuff around the edges that you might want to do in people's lives, I, I pray for each one of us. That day by day, we would just walk in step with you. Lord, that you'd turn the volume up on that conversation we're having. Lord, that you'd teach us just to, to bring before you the, the ordinary, the everyday stuff. Just to chat with you. So that then when you give us a particular task, we're, we're already in the flow. We're ready. And Holy Spirit, come and do whatever, whatever you want to do in us. As a family. In Jesus' name. Amen.